0: chase thomas Podcast. the chase thomas podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record
1: see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to preds power hour here on a friday afternoon uh, the sky is falling the preds lost their first nhl regular season game things are worse than ever just ask charlie burris on twitter.com i knew it <laughs> charlie burris is here of ADC sports charlie good afternoon sir how are you
2: i'm good uh let me start the campaign now fire Mm. john hines um Mm. replace every player on the team and frankly just burn bridgestone down it's just it's (laughs) done just build a new stadium it's over the franchise Mm. is done for um but i'm doing good i'm doing good
1: Good. There you go. There you go. Sounds great. Things are awesome. Uh, also here over there in Middle Tennessee, Mr. Brian Basson on the forecheck. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Just 12 hours ago, I was walking at a Bridgestone, uh, getting to live the dream job. Uh, and and like Charlie said, I mean, you it what that franchise, what the team did yesterday is inexcusable for any professional sports franchise and. You know, I don't think people could overreact enough to that loss. I think that it's just well deserved, well deserved of all of the, all the criticism that they get because you know what, just inexcusable. But I will say this for all of you guys who are big hockey fans, um, I promise that at least I will not initiate any conversation regarding any college football teams. I promise that to you guys now. But completely unrelated, make sure that you support the. the tennessee the ice falls uh they will be playing clemson this weekend in some amazing looking blackout uh sweaters which if you haven't checked those out please do but again this is just a hockey podcast and i won't won't mention anything else that's happening tomorrow um but but yeah uh you know just ironically we i did get to hear about three minutes left in the game we did i did get to hear about i don't know maybe two thousand people singing rocky top in bridgestone arena so that's oh. pretty nice yeah really much to the dis- yeah much to the dismay of the uh the the mtsu grad sitting next to me uh and i definitely didn't help things by singing it very loudly in her ear so
1: well it just means more for the blue raiders like that's right uh, it just means more over there Mm -hmm. they have a big win against miami this year they're just like (laughs) rocky top where's the i don't even know what the blue raider uh theme song is like until they get a blue field uh irrelevant until you add the blue field can't Nah, just leave it, leave it out. Um. Now there is a there is a big game this weekend. So Charlie, you have to you have to uh conserve your angry energy because you do a a pre uh, a post game show a halftime show with uh our friend of the pod Jonathan Crompton. You gotta be ready to go tomorrow. Uh, cause well, it's really be insane.
2: It is. Um. But really, I have to. So nothing. So far to this point in the season, nothing particularly bad has happened with Tennessee football. Where normally five games, thankfully, into the to season, uh,
1: Peyton Manning has come uh, to ensure that that is no longer the case.
2: He's going to ruin it for everybody. But uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but normally at this point in the season, I'm I'm ranting, I'm raving, I'm, the, everything is ruined.
1: Why do we get do this, this now to instead of the balls?
2: Yet again, I have to channel it. So it's still in there. I'm like a balloon. Mm. I it, you just use you squeeze it and it just comes out (laughs) in a different place. So um, yeah, the John Hines is going to get it. He's, he's done. I'm done with that guy. And uh, that's actually not totally true because the Titans I've, uh, I've been tearing apart also. That's Um, true. So,
1: and they're still just going to angrily win the division for you. Like they're just going to keep doing it year every year and you're going to hate every moment of it.
2: To spite just to spite me, Mike mm-hmm. Rabel will win the AFC South and not score a touchdown in a fourth quarter of this season. That's that's how he'll do it. He'll say, "I'm not going to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter," and we're still going to do it. And he's going to point it. He's going to give me the middle finger as he does it. Which <laughs> I mean, fine, I guess. But
1: um, there you uh, go. Well, there were three games since uh we last recorded we actually have real hockey to talk about the preds are two and one uh they beat the sharks twice in their opener they just they everything is in twos to start the year because they get the stars again uh this time on the road this weekend so uh that will not continue to be the case after this but uh starting off with kind of a double header uh between the preds and the stars and the preds and the sharks but If you had to do a broad stroke analysis of the first three games, Brian, what, how would you explain what, how the Preds start to their season has gone?
0: Um, I'll start with improved I think that we're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of impact by team leading goal scorer Nino Niederreiter who's uh, already got three goals in three games uh, so I think he escapes Charlie's wrath for the for the week I believe for now um, yeah yeah you know he's 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 an excellent guy you know player um, you know another Swiss player which, you know, Switzerland's a great place. I've been there. Uh, wonderful country. The best part about it is, is their flag. You know, their flag is a big – that's a big plus, so that's always good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Do you feel good about that? Do I feel, feel excellent. I yeah, feel excellent okay. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, but he's been pretty well. Um, I would say in those first two games, I was very impressed with the combination of Matthias Eckholm and Ryan McDonough. Uh, maybe not so much yesterday, but, hey, things happen. Um, and and there's a couple of guys that, you know, I'm really you know, I feel really good about because I've kind of banged the drum about them in the offseason and they've done nothing but prove me right. But we'll get into that guy here in a little bit, like a little bit later. But yeah, it's been it's been good. They looked good against the, the Sharks. You could tell that the coaching staff did their homework, uh, especially against James Reimer. Um, I, as you know, the Sharks aren't very good. Um, And I I had a a graphic that I had tweeted out there uh, right after those games where showed that last season Reimer was extremely susceptible to giving up goals uh, on his right side. Kind of at that like, I don't know, I I don't do math well, Uh, but like, you know, just kind of off like just off center, that kind of, you know, right thing. And of course, all three Predators goals in that first game were made in that exact spot, which Hmm was i think that was that was helpful personally i, I appreciate them doing that for me um because you know sometimes you know these these charts don't tell don't tell anybody anything but maybe 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 it worked out for the best so that that's good i like the way that they attacked the sharks the way they played with a lead and protected that lead they had a little bit of trouble in that second game but um i was i was pretty impressed by their play over there um last night not so much but mm. I do feel confident in saying that it wasn't so much that Dallas was the better team. I mean, they won. So by definition, the better team, but I don't know that in three years of covering this team in person that I've ever seen a game where the predators made themselves lose more so than the opponent did. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about how they were still have a, they still had jet lag from their big European trip, which I suppose that could be true, but this is, you're talking to, uh, to a team that. You know, almost every NHL team has five or six back to backs where they play two games in you know, 24 hours. I can think that if they can handle those types of games and do well, I don't think a a long plane trip that happened four days ago is going to affect them too much. But a lot of mental mistakes, I think, you know, again, I issued a. Predators, please complete a pass challenge um, that went completely unanswered for most of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we we got to see a lot of penalties. Um, Dallas really they got away with quite a bit, um, but there were a bunch of penalties called. There was a uh, there was a fight. Tanner Janos absolutely dropped a guy, um, which is always always good to see. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's something. It's a, it's a team that is playing similar to how they played last year. But you can see, especially Nino Niederreiter, you can see the impact of having a guy that dynamic on your second line with Ryan Johansson and Ellie Tolvanen. That you know, it's it's. I think that's what they needed because that this top six needed to be rounded out. It was the first line last year with Duchesne and Granlin and Forsberg, but it was kind of hit or miss as to what to hat what would happen with the red- other three lines. But I think the second the problem of having a good strong second line may be solved and done with and it may be the last time we have to ever worry about it for at least for this part of the season because they look really really good
1: Whew, that's a lot there charlie do you agree with uh brian's sentiment what would you like to add uh add there? yeah
2: to be a little less jokey um i pretty much agree with what uh brian brian is saying there um so he
1: makes it another week for you
2: he does live to see another day. Um, good. appreciate that. Completely mm-hmm. serious. Uh, it is hockey. It is a up and down game. You're going to lose some games here. You should not lose four to one. Please don't do that very often. Um, mm. they did win four to one in their first game, come from behind in the second game. And it was fine. You know, Niederreiter looks good. He's looking like the dude that you want him to be. That's nice. Um, and just in a general sense, I, 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 I feel I think Brian said this I feel pretty similar to last year it looks like a pretty similar team through three games um I'm not blown away by any means uh but it's uh it's at least nice to be doing some of this with new with new blood rather than just having to be like if they do things wrong having to beat that drum about guys that you've been talking about for like two years already and so um yeah, I, I, overall, let's let's get it back together and beat Dallas in this next game because four to one ain't going to cut it. That's it, I will be uh, on on Heinz, but before too long, if they keep doing that.
1: And to be fair to Charlie, uh, they are uh, winless at home this season, which is just unacceptable. Yeah, I, I do think is is there a
2: case to be made that the Predators should move the franchise to Prague? Because mm. like they play better there.
0: You know uh, what? That's actually a really good question. And if you if you give me a little bit of time before next next week's show, uh, moving to the team to Prague, I will definitely check into it. So yes, I, I've heard oh, behind the scenes there's
2: been some discussions. So I think they're. Uh, Thank ooh. you, Chase. They're, they're <sighs> mulling it over over there in the front office. But...
0: It may that one may have uh, slipped by Charlie, but I appreciate that. Oh, appreciate I did. It.
2: Sorry, I didn't hear it. Uh, oh, I said I'd know. check into it. Yeah.
0: Oh well, I would, yeah. yeah, I did. Hear I would check into it oh there it is, is. Ah, yeah yeah nice. nicely done well i've done. got plenty this, mm-hmm. is, this is my i really get into form during hockey season so just prepare for this well for... do you have
1: anything for the preds power play like the alliteration there uh last night
0: uh you know no i, I what was don't... your favorite power play moment from the Preds? Last my time? favorite power play moment um my personal favorite is they're a very charitable team mm-hmm. and i rather i really do enjoy that when they are on the power play they're like you know this 2 minute power play seems unfair and i think that our opponent should get a chance to have be part of it mm-hmm. uh, so last night you know they were very nice to give them uh like a, a full like minute and 40 seconds in you know they they thought paying 20 seconds with the man advantage was just wasn't very nice and so they just mm-hmm. they committed a penalty of their own to to even things out and i think that was pretty nice of them
1: yeah it was uh that was a main big takeaway that just that cannot continue uh the rest of the way that that is something that they can clean up but i think they they can um the second line though you you mentioned uh nino so what has popped uh with the second line in nito uh brian
0: yeah uh, i mean so I talked to talked to him and both and johansson i talked to johansson last night and a little bit at, at camp and nino as well and they've got i mean their chemistry has been pretty you know, spot on from the moment they started playing together. They've played together in the past. They kind of came up in juniors together, and, and they like to bring that up, you know, that that they, they've they had that chemistry before. Ryan, uh, Joey was one of the guys that really kind of helped lobby to get, Nino you know, uh, in Nashville, and it's worked out really well. You can see where um, you have another guy, another type of a dynamic playmaker who who is, you know, just as good at, you know, taking shots as he is at setting up other players, and that really complements Joey's game. And then the kind of the evolution of what we've seen from Ellie Tolvin and becoming what draft scouts used to say that he was a one dimensional player who could only shoot. And that's it to a guy who's, you know, excellent 200 feet on the ice, but got benched because he couldn't he couldn't score some goals. And uh, I think so far, beginning of this season, uh, he is tied for the team lead in points with three with, you know, Nina Ryder with a goal and two uh, primary assists. And so I think there is a reason for that. I think they're really good at exploiting the matchups. Obviously they're not always paired, uh, you know, matched up against the the first line of the opponent, but you know, they might've been the only group of guys last night who still played, you know, pretty well. I can't complain. Joey was the only goal scored, uh, which is always good. It's good to see after his, his almost career high season last year. Um, But it's one of those where it's just kind of like it feels like these guys have been playing together for a season or more. And it's only been about, what, three of three real games and a handful of, of fake games over in, you know, as, as European champs over over in, uh, in Prague. So I, I'm very impressed by that. It's, it's, you know, most people would have been like, you know, this is what they wanted to see, but didn't think they'd see it yet. Uh, but they've been they've been pretty fantastic. And and one of the best things about it is that I pulled up some, you know, pulled some numbers uh, last night to, to kind of see exactly how good, uh, you know, that line has been. And uh, if you give me a moment, I have to pull that up. I apologize. But Uh, Yeah, Here we go. So yeah, in they've been played together at five on five for about 13 minutes, which is low just for the fact that they, you know, sometimes there's line changes and things like that. But at five on five, they have 17 shot attempts with only five shot attempts against in the time in these three games. Um, They have gotten 10 shots on goal and only allowed two in these three games. Mm. Uh, Zero high danger chances given up and 0.08 expected goals. So This these guys have been not only highly effective, effective on offense, but they are shutting down, uh you know, shutting down opponents on the other side of the ice. And, you know, if you can win that battle at five on five and give up in three games, give up just two shots on goal, I'd say that's pretty good. Again, sample size, three games can't really take anything too much from it. But, you know if you want to have a stat with a tiny sample size, I'd rather it be a good one than a bad one. And and so far, you know, it looks encouraging. I don't think anybody who preaches about the eye test only would, would disagree with that. What do you think, Charlie?
2: No, I, I'm pretty much uh, there with Brian. I don't have like my overall, I always feel inadequate when he's re- reeling off all that stuff and you throw it to me and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that I have anything to add. That was one of those moments, right? Just I'm like, well, we I just agree. Much, he, he pretty much said it all. I, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's going to be fun this season. Eventually, like as we become more and more like you're this season, we're going to just see more and more. And then it's just going to be like, was that Brian? No, that was Charlie. That was yeah. Charlie out here with that take. I but-
2: I will. I will certainly uh, as, as the season goes along, my my takes get hotter as things <laughs> As things become more definitive, you start really seeing what a team actually is and you can kind of stand on your opinions a little bit more Mm. and you're not just speculating. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. Don't
0: that's that's curious, though. I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever say that they'd like they want to have like a font of knowledge before they make an they give an opinion or a take Mm. on something. That's you know, credit to you, Charlie, because um, I'm pretty certain that there's a lot of people who watch less hockey than you do who are very confident in their opinions
2: yeah i i just know i i step into this ring i i actually strangely i'm more than happy to to give some uh less informed takes when it comes to like college football i watch a ton of college football but i'll i'll reel off you know freaking northwestern they did this i didn't watch northwestern play you know who am i Mm. what am i talking about but yeah with hockey I, I just feel – I think because I don't – I'm not tuned into the history. We we are – like I, I am the exact um, kind of thing that I feel like Canadians probably look at hockey in the South and they go like, look at these people. Look at this game.
0: <laughs> well, that, and that's – They don't a, know anything about this game. That's an interesting like that point person. you make because honestly, you know – that's kind of a, a rumor, kind of a stereotype that's unfairly perpetuated in, in hockey is that that Canadians, you know, gatekeep hockey from especially from teams in the South. I mean, if anything you know, teams from the South probably get, keep hockey from Canada. You know, if they continue to like develop the sport and really let it grow, you know, one day they might be able to actually bring a cup back across the border and keep it out of uh, you know the hands of, of teams in Carolina or or Florida. I mean, the South knows how to do hockey, and I, I really hope. I think the Canadians will get there sometime soon. It's it's an admirable goal on their part. I yeah,
2: you know, maybe one day they they kind of remind me of like the Vanderbilt football of hockey is like the mm. Canadians. It's like. I, it probably won't happen, but maybe one day. You never know.
1: Miracles happen. You never know. Um, Tomasino, sent to the AHL. Uh, Charlie's also been ranting and raving about this one. Very upset about the state of affairs. Preds fans are all very upset. Brian, you are also upset, right? You're like You're just fuming. You're, you're fuming over uh, the development for Thomasina.
0: Let me tell you, there's few things in the world that make me as angry as sending a waiver uh, exempt player down who was struggling through training camp down to Milwaukee, um, you know, really with the ability to, to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, with the ability to bring him back to Nashville at pretty much any time, um, you know, this is just. Uh, I did receive some, you know, some some tweets saying that you know the reason they did so bad was because they they were missing one player. Um, to which I responded, you know, Thomasino probably wouldn't have had you know the experience of playing yesterday in with Nashville Predators against the Stars. It's not much different than what he's going to do up there in Milwaukee because either way he would have been playing on a on a team with an AHL talent level last night. Uh, so I don't think he missed too much. Burn. Yeah, mm. but I will say this: it, it's He's very young. Obviously, he's still waiver exempt, so he's a kid. He he's been fantastic. He played uh, over sixty games last season. And if you've got a, a, the ability to take a look at some of the guys that you want to bring in, like the Kiefer Sherwoods of the of the world or Cole Smith, and those guys aren't waiver exempt uh you know send him down what would you rather him be getting fourth line minutes for eight minutes a game with with Michael McCarron and guys like that or put him on the top line in the AHL let him get it back to his game and then call him back up whenever you want to it's I'm very I'm actually very surprised by how much people are were upset about this I mean this is honestly no different than putting him putting a guy on the bench for two for two games just because you know they need to give him a little bit of a break and let him improve in practice this is you know it could be worse it could be you know a guy that they sent to try to send to the ahl that got claimed by another team but we'll talk about that one too later
2: (laughs) well and guys that you kept instead contributed i i don't see Mm. the the outrage over this has kind of died down but I mean Kiefer Sherwood scored the first goal of the season for you I mean Mm -hmm. they directly uh, added to the team but you know maybe I'm wrong there. yeah I this is not something that bothered me uh, all that much because I certainly don't feel like even if he did play unless he's just some miracle and I he's not um, it it was not going to be something that was going to be some massive addition to the team so I'm not
0: very disturbed by it (laughs) and and shout out kiefer sherwood uh one because i continue it's probably the fourth time that i've done this where i've searched for him in google and typed in kiefer sutherland so (laughs) shout out to 24 fans um or middle gear solid fans i guess for that most recent one uh but second though you know and this is kind of a personal thing but shout out to to a guy a, a half asian player being being in the nhl i mean that's that's pretty cool you know it's I'm sitting there as a 35 year old man. It's like oh, he looks like me. Maybe I could do this one day. I can't, <laughs> but but shout out to him. He you know he showed up. He had some critics that said why is he still on the team? And he he said well let me show you uh, to the San Jose Sharks. So I, you know he he's looked fine. I think he probably was maybe one of the bottom three players last night in the game. But that's kind of a, the bar was on the floor. But he still managed to get a little bit underneath it. You know he's an he's a kid so. And we'll see hard. if he sticks around but the point being is you know if you have a a free pass to send a guy that is struggling to, to the AHL without to worry without having to worry about another team getting him why not do it i i it's things could be worse and i frankly like have i've tried to find reasons to be upset about it like you know like i want to connect with everybody else everybody's upset i want to do it it doesn't matter it it really doesn't it's game three it doesn't matter whatsoever he will be back i would say probably about three weeks after scoring probably 20 points in the ahl and everything will be fine and no one will ever remember this happened uh
1: somebody who i don't think will be back uh in nashville is uh connor ingram with the preds uh what uh what happened there you you were hinting at this might being the the possible result here for ingham not arizona specifically but that he is not long for the preds
0: yeah, and and this is a little bit I mean this is a rough one. So if, you know, you guys may not know, you know, Connor Ingram had his the history of, of Connor Ingram is a little bit kind of a, a, a inter, not entertaining. I'm sorry, that's the absolutely the wrong word. It's an interesting story. Um, you know, he came to to came to Nashville for a 7th round pick. Uh they traded with Tampa. Uh there were rumors as to the reason why Tampa wanted to get rid of him. Um some disagreements between teammates and possibly wives or girlfriends of teammates. But, you know, uh, but he came to Nashville and, you know, he, he looked really good in his first season. And then we saw a couple of years back, he had been admitted to uh, the NHL's rehab program to kind of work on himself and, uh, you know, really grew matured. I think we've, I talked to him a couple of times after, after he had returned and really came back and focused in on hockey and, you know, we got to see him kind of become a little bit of a folk hero against against Colorado in the playoffs, you know, being able to kind of do his absolute best against the best team in hockey. Um, so, again, like, and I'm pretty sure I was, you know, I said it too right after the playoff series that this guy probably should be the backup this year. But they went out and signed Kevin Lankinen, which he did find in that second game. Had no no complaints there. Um, and they I think they kept him on the roster, especially go to Prague, to give him – give Ingram that chance to to maybe see if he can't, um, you know, win that spot. But I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they have a lot of belief in uh, Yaroslav Askarov, obviously. Uh, there's Devin Cooley and Thomas v- Vomaka in the pipeline as well, who are good guys. But, you know, they knew that maybe Connor Ingram this season was probably not going to get NHL, as much NHL time. And I think that putting him on waivers, one, because they were forced to, but two, um, I think that, you know they wanted to give him a chance to go and go play somewhere and actually be either a backup or a starter in the nhl and i think arizona offered him that chance and so yeah it, it blows because i think he was a really good um a really good goaltending prospect young kid on the last year of his 700 000 rookie deal so it would have been a steal to keep him instead of you know a couple million for kevin lankanen but you know i think they did what they could the, the predators were extremely supportive um as an organization throughout you know his career since he arrived there you know with the stuff with off the ice that he dealt with um but you know it's rough to see it i thought he was a guy that you could keep on he had enough talent you know he was a cheap contract that you could use and you know maybe try to see if there was a trade was available but i think every single team was very aware that ingram was probably about to be waived and so that's why we didn't see a trade right you know before they had to release him last week so I do wish him all the best I, I he's a great guy to talk to he made several several good jokes while they were when they were overseas including the one about the Swiss flag uh, mm. now that I think about it um and you know he's a guy that's got a lot of personality and I hope you know he's hoping that that he gets to you know play 20 thirty games for Arizona this this season
1: do you think they end up regretting uh not choosing Ingram as the backup
0: um I mean, maybe. I think, you know, I don't know right now if I put his skill level as like at the NHL level, you know, if he would be better or worse than Lankanen. My gut says that he would be better. Um, And I think this would sting a whole lot more if uh, Askarov wasn't in Milwaukee right now. I think this Mm. would be a much bigger issue for them. But, you know, I don't think that – I heard nothing but good things from the organization about Ingram. I just think it was one of those times where it's like, hey, we've got this extra guy – you know, and you deserve a chance to to kind of get a fresh start somewhere. And so I don't think that they'll, they'll regret it as much just because they kind of have they've got a bunch of goalies in the pipeline that I think they feel pretty good about. So, uh, you know, I think it was a mutually they, they decided, hey, we can't make this work. We can't make it fit. We don't want to have to send you to the AHL. Why don't we send you to another team? I'll be a, a very bad team uh to, to get your NHL time in because he's put in the hard work to to come back and and you know he does deserve that and he probably wouldn't have gotten that many games here at Nashville.
2: Yeah if they if they weren't so deep uh in the, the pipeline there, I think I would definitely have the feeling right now where I would be like it would kind of be one of those classic moves where you kind of go like why are you making this hard on yourself? You're spending more money for a guy that kind of looks not as good what are we doing and then it ends up biting you in the butt but because you have you know guys in the hl you know some other options hopefully it doesn't bite you like that but if that wasn't the case i know for sure i would kind of be feeling like uh why did we do this but so so full context i am fine with it but i just know that i i saw it initially and i was like huh? hold on what and but then you think about it and i think it's actually
1: all right
0: yeah i mean and but to be to be honest like if like the the outrage that some of the fans had about sending Tomasino to the ahl like it would have been much better kind of applied towards the connor ingram situation not that even that much of an outrage is necessary for that either but i mean this is a player that got lost to another team probably won't won't be back but a lot of the fans chose to be more mad about a guy that can be called back up to nashville pretty much anytime they want so you know if this is the stuff that we're complaining about early in the season I, you know except unless you're charlie uh if you're complaining this much about this much in the season I, i'll take I that because we're not we're not worried about some other stuff we're worried about our you know our third goaltender and you know the guys like that you know and uh probably you know a fourth line player third line player that can come back that's not bad to have that kind of stuff to complain about rather than it being an absolute dumpster fire or anything.
2: It, it, it is interesting. My f- feeling currently with moves that the predators make, because I, after last season, I passed my point with Poyle. I want to see Poyle. Mm. Gone. I, I want to see Poyle gone now. I don't know why he's still the GM of this hockey team, Um, but I can, I, I feel like I can probably separate the two at this point where i kind of go like well they're not gonna fire him so you know take the things that he does
1: like this man is going off it's what it
2: feels like they're gonna let him do it's what they should have they should have just done that i mean he's he's more than old enough to retire at this point um and they better not if that does happen they better not go and hire his son don't you dare i don't know Uh, you you guys aren't
0: as i say you guys might not be super familiar with hockey but um the Like, you know how you talk about coaching trees and other sports and say, like, you know, this guy worked for this guy and goes on. Uh, the NHL coaching tree is more like an NHL coaching wreath, which just means three guys, <laughs> nah. three or four guys get fired and they immediately go get hired by another team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I have to remember that, oh, yeah, Pete DeBoer coaches the stars now instead of the sharks. And, you know, hey, he was bad in his last four stops. Maybe this will be the time um you know john heinz they fired peter Laviolette. heinz came a week later and he had just been fired by the devils that's it's not a very innovative league when it comes to bringing in new blood um so don't be surprised if you know are the G, the next gm's last name is also poil um but to give him credit he is the winningest gm in nhl history but he'd also to a
1: winningest GM in uh preds history <laughs> also true very true, true.
0: facts only that's right yeah um but the the downside to that fact is he is the winningest GM in NHL history that does not have a cup yet. So, you know, it's I think that he, that's kind of the reason why he's staying around, um, why this why they have not really pivoted to a let's rebuild this team. Let's get a high draft pick and, you know, start from scratch because, you know, he, he doesn't want to in his last few years, he probably doesn't want to see a, a rebuild like that. But, you know, that was something that could have been done three, four years ago. And maybe not be in that situation now the situation they are in now but you know the situation now isn't as bad as i you know a lot of people thought so there you go um dumb things you've heard in Bridgestone. yeah um it was good to be back i think part of one of my favorite things that i do when i'm covering games at Bridgestone is either stand out in the concourse during intermission or you know standing out walking out when all the fans are leaving which the good news is for for yesterday's game um standing and watching the fans leave and standing and listening to them during second intermission all happened at the same time so uh <laughs> uh but no you, you hear some really good stuff um you, uh, i heard uh yesterday that uc Soros is incredibly overrated and probably shouldn't be the starting goaltender which i thought was just chef's kiss of a take because i think Besides, I say aside from Roman Yossi, I think Yusisaros might be the one guy that you really can't complain about. So that was that was really good. Um, I had heard that Matt Duchesne is a cancer and not that good of a goal scorer. Um, mm. interesting thing to say about the franchise's leading single season goal scorer. Very interesting thing to say. Uh, and the and the first uh predator in history to score 40 goals again, but cancer, not a good goal scorer. Uh, these are really good They things.
2: were a cancerous 40 goals, Brian.
0: Oh, that's right that's right um i heard that and this actually was i heard somebody say that paying 22 dollars for a double shot of tequila at one of the bars that's up by the media relations was a good deal so add that to the list of dumb things i've heard at bridgestone mm. um and then i think maybe one of the dumbest was and i don't I, i'm gonna protect privacy here but i did receive a dm uh, last night that just in all caps said fire fire john Hines," which You know, I gotta respect everybody's opinion. I'm not sure who this guy is, or what he does, or how he's connected to sports in any way whatsoever. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. But you know, I I, I'm trying to be. I don't want to, you know, this person's. I don't want to out their their um, their identity. You know, I think I think Charlie would be very mad if I did that. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, that guy would be very upset. So
2: that guy sounds like an idiot. Who I don't know who would say that, (laughs) but. That guy is just really dumb. I frankly. will tell
0: you, Charlie, it made me laugh because it was perfect timing, because you sent that as I was listening to these people say, you know, all those things I just heard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Charlie fits right in. It's like he's here at Bridgestone <laughs> with me. You know, I, I don't feel alone anymore. So, I, yeah,
2: I do know from from what you said there, I, I think it's aspirational. Um, The the comment about the tequila, I, th- I think we can all strive to be rich enough where we think 22 dollar tequila is a good deal that's that's how rich i want to be someday you know i i, I want to be so rich i can go 22 bucks for a tequila what a steal
0: yeah be great. and then one more thing i will say and i'm going to call out my good friend and fellow fellow writer abigail martin who writes for a uh, penalty box radio um she's usually incredibly smart a great writer but she said and i don't want to say it because i don't know that my mouth is capable of forming these words but she uttered a, a catchphrase that folks from that state down south around T- Tuscaloosa, say that two-word phrase. So I'm going to add that to the list of dumb things that I've heard at Bridgestone Arena. Because you know, uh, you know, you're the best, Abigail, but you can't get away with that. You can't it, just say those words. It does
2: pain me the the one thing about the amazing Derrick Henry with our beloved Titans, with my beloved Titans. Neither of you are Titans fans, but. uh I mean he's an Alabama guy and Alabama fans have become Titans fans and we like commune together. Um and this week that's not gonna work. Uh not uh not feeling it, but yeah, that's that's pretty rough. No, I, I mean just the, the way that they infiltrate Tennessee uh, in two ways, one of them being through Nashville. It has become a regular thing for them to escape the horrible state of Alabama and come to Nashville, and then they vacation very regularly in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, right here in in East Tennessee. Um, and if you go up there, Dollywood, Gatlinburg, just let me also say, shockful Alabama fans.
1: Do not go to Gatlinburg or East Tennessee over the next two to three weeks please folks i i need you guys to stay away because i don't know which particular day i'm going uh with the wife to get my foliage uh done and it's gonna be crazy the traffic's gonna be
0: there and i need these people to go away go away honestly i thought you could have stopped that sentence that nobody go to gatlinburg but hold on gatlinburg's fun it is fun, it it is very fun. i'm 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 being mean and it's I I, I I talk a lot about it and make jokes about it but I'm the first guy sitting in the Dixie stampede shoving rotisserie chickens into my mouth. So i Well, speaking up,
1: how is Dolly not the guest picker? They did everything they could to get Dolly in here. And we still can get Dolly, man.
0: when the Queen thinks that we deserve that she we deserve an appearance, it will happen. I find it best not to question anything or everything. Between I mean, Dolly, Dolly and does.
1: Pat McAfee for five minutes would just be an electric well, well but yeah but that's that's
0: kind of unfair though because you're gonna want you know you're gonna have one person who's kind of like an expert on tennessee football and then you'll have pat mcafee and so i don't know so you true. know which one you know that's kind of not fair to him <laughs> i'm mm. kidding he's, he's 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 a good dude i just you know it's dolly dolly is is everything um, she doesn't want
1: to rock the boat man dolly I... is one of the few people in this country who has a universal approval rating she like doesn't want to upset alabama fans like she's yeah like gonna... I... I said this.
2: I did radio in Mississippi yesterday, and the mm. guy like asked me about Dolly because the UT posted a picture from yes. the rock and Dolly. Mm. They they painted Dolly on the rock, and they were like, "the the students have spoken. This is who we want." Mm. Um, and and i said yeah dolly she toes that that mm-hmm. michael jordan republicans buy sneakers too kind of line yeah. she she goes alabama fans love dollywood too yes that's her that's her line she's she's not gonna she throw wants both teams to have
1: fun
0: like dolly yeah, exactly <laughs> so that's like when your mom when you, you go to an amusement park with your mom and you're gonna get on a roller coaster and you're like are you gonna come with us she's like no yes. i just have more fun watching you guys have fun yeah so that, that, that line that I've, I've recently learned that no mom says that seriously um it just means your dad's about to get it. It, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but you know hey and she probably you know again she wants she doesn't want to, to to make alabama fans angry i don't think she's necessarily worried about losing out on people participating in the imagination library down there because you know reading and all in alabama but oh my god it's 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 hate week chase i yeah. tried my best to avoid it but i can't uh-huh. help it and you know i'm gonna say this i finally believe that tennessee is actually back now hmm. because i saw something that was I would Couldn't say be me.
1: before the season, who said ten wins? Uh, Could
0: I'm not talking about on the field. Mm-hmm. You this were giving team, me stuff team, about the team is game. Not, it, this Tennessee team is not was not back until I found out that one of the starters had gotten arrested, and I said. That's the Tennessee football I'm used to. That's championship football.
2: And, <laughs> well, and, and really, it needs it needs to be. He gets arrested this week and then he plays. That's the real key. Well, he hasn't. That back. That's the mark of a true program. Yeah, like is that they cover up the crime? You see, well, they're then,
1: covering up if he's practicing. That's they're not. Well, even, like I don't understand what's going on there. I don't know how you can't just say if he's practicing or not. That's well, so is, weird.
2: It is. It is interesting. I mean, I I'm making a, a joke there, but that situation is weird because the yeah. the person that he punched came into his apartment and there's, yeah. you know, some some weirdness there. I don't know what they're going to do, but yeah, I the, if, if he's, you know, if Heupel wants to be Saban-esque, he will let an <laughs> arrested player play this weekend with no shame. Frankly, that's yeah. that's the way.
0: Well, speaking of and i'm going to tie these two topics together because I did say I wasn't going to talk college football we're going to talk just a little bit and I almost hit myself in the face with that. Um, Just a little bit here, this is a trivia question for you guys and i've I've been trying to do this at least once you know once every couple of weeks. And this is a topic that we have talked about recently, so you guys can't say that you, you don't you haven't heard this answer but Tennessee and Canadian hockey teams. Can you tell me the years, at least, that the last last time either a Canadian hockey team or, or the University of Tennessee won a national championship, and which one was earlier?
2: I I think the the uh, Canadian championship. Wasn't it like 94?
0: Chase, do you have an answer?
1: I know the Vols have won a title uh, since. I know the drought for Canada is longer than the Vols title drought. I just don't know how long.
0: I, I want to say it's the 80s i, I want to say it's the 80s for canada so you're giving a, you, that's the that's the price is right one dollar bob answer right there you just get in the 80s well unfortunately I'll say 86 I'll okay say 86 well uh if we were going by Prices right rules technically you probably would have won that but charlie you were one year off 93 uh... the montreal canadians was the last time a canadian team won the stanley cup um since then again this is a Wait, what year was United? it
1: 1993 Ooh, wow. charlie very
0: close very nice again i i think i talked about that a couple weeks ago so i wanted to make sure i wanted I, to see if you guys are paying attention
2: well and i think i remember that because they played in the cup uh just recently and i they talked about that you know they yeah. were like "This hasn't happened since blah,
1: blah, blah. you know mm-hmm. and i remember seeing that um well i think you just need to move the coyotes to canada just keep moving teams to canada and eventually they're just by how many teams are there The they have to at least finally get break the streak, they finally have to get one because they just have so many teams. That
0: Arizona, the Coyotes have been through enough. You don't want to put them somewhere where they're guaranteed not to win a Stanley Cup. So, where do you put
1: them? By the way, where do you move them? Because they need Uh, to go. This is ridiculous. uh,
0: We got to get get them out of here. You're talking about in Canada or in the U.S. anywhere?
1: I don't know. Where's the next? I know, there's no obvious spot for them.
0: Uh, I think in Canada, they they there's been still a little bit of a push to to get a team in in Quebec again. Yeah, Uh, Quebec City. Um, I don't really think that's necessary for this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, like somewhere maybe like a Houston something like that, San Antonio type of thing. I've heard some rumblings about that. Um, Hmm. I think personally, Milwaukee deserves to have an NHL team. Um, you know, they come out real strong for for the middle, the admirals there. And I think they have, you know, it's, it's a, it's a town up North. That's, you know, it's, it's Wisconsin. Like they do hockey up there. I think they'd be a great, a, a great team to have up there play, you know, alongside the bucks. And uh,
2: how, how long is it before there's a pro team in Austin, Texas and Joe Rogan and Matthew McConaughey are the owners of the team. I feel like that's unavoidable
0: well, at I mean, some point. <laughs> I mean, they could have a hockey team eventually or a sports team eventually they're probably they're still, still waiting enough though no they're still waiting to have a college football team there in austin too so mm, i'm not sure true. yeah
2: maybe one day they'll get one there day, yeah. yeah
0: the they, fake they ut
2: yeah i mean they they can't be back like t- tennessee is but i this this is i i do want to get y'all's input as the 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 person that covers Tennessee here I want your prediction for the game tomorrow but see it through this lens somebody just sent this to me Mm. this was uh this might be behind the paywall information here so I won't say who said it or what uh but this is someone that covers Tennessee football like I said I'll be light on the specifics here uh but the conventional wisdom at the moment is that Bryce young may not play that he has, he has practiced very sparingly this week. Um, according to insider reports and that he will not play if he does not play. Is this how you feeling? One question.
1: I mean, I think they're going to win either way. Like I had going in, I think they went either way. And I said before the year, they split Georgia and Alabama. I didn't know which way it was going to be split. I think they split uh, by winning Alabama and losing at Georgia. And this—it's the same thing as LSU from a week ago. When you dive into the stats, and we're going to get into it on the Go Big Orange Friday show, but it's just a souped-up version of what LSU brought to the table. Where I, the Alabama, only forced two picks this year. Hidden Hooker is just uh, been perfect through the air. They're going to challenge him downfield. I don't think uh, Alabama can can play the way they want to play, running the football, being the best non-service academy rushing team to this point in the year. That's the one area of strength on this Tennessee defense is that they have been uh, incredible outside of that one big pit run uh, all all season long, just stopping the run. I don't think it's a great matchup for Alabama. I, I think this is uh, like even with or without Cedric Tillman, I don't see a path. I, I shouldn't say I don't see a path. I think the path is harder for Alabama to win this game uh, than it is for um, the Georgia game. So I, I, I feel good. I, if Bryce doesn't play. I think this might be a blowout.
0: It's it's hard for me to say just because I'm very I'm still very gun shy and I've had 35 years of of being you know mm. conditioned to be this way, uh, you know watching Alabama last week you know a lot of the things you said Chase I I, I agree with I don't think the the Vols have seen um, as big and as athletic of a defensive line as they will against Alabama which will definitely test you know Pitt was strong it was strong He did have a good (laughs) d-line yeah i just we're gonna see and i think this is probably gonna be a a massive test for for hooker uh he's he's a guy who's not afraid to take contact and things like that and i would say that most people when you're playing alabama be a little afraid of contact just in case um i know the a m had gave given them a a pretty good game um i don't think they're gonna score more than 30 points i do think they will still win um, and like you said, Chase, I think the ideal the ideal route for Tennessee is go ahead and win this game against Alabama. That'll be great. Go ahead and lose to Georgia because, you know, you, you went out and take care of business. You both avoid a, a trip against to, uh, to the SEC uh, championship to rematch against Alabama and their chances of getting into the playoffs. are kind of a lot better if they're a one loss team that didn't have to play in the championship.
2: This this is my at like my super specific <clears throat> prediction here. If, if this is true, Young doesn't play. Um, Tennessee's up by seven going into the fourth quarter. We're all limb and booty, so nervous, freaking out. Then Milrow goes flat, gives the ball back to Tennessee, and we're like, here's the chance to shut the door. There's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and this is the Heisman moment for Hendon. And he's over the top, Jalen Hyatt, touchdown, 40-yard throw, seals the game. And then but we keep
1: saying the Heisman moment. And I'm like, that's the win. you cannot be in the Heisman conversation unless you win the SEC East. Like, there's no path. Like, no one wins the Heisman anymore. Like, you have to have a certain level it, of Menzel, Menzel won the Heisman without winning the West.
0: Did they not win it that year?
1: Nope. There was, uh, it was Alabama. A-
2: Alabama backed away in because <laughs> Texas okay. lost.
0: I, mm. i'm gonna do a little self-burn here that's uh, a good point. chase but yes i mean i'm gonna ask you as a tennessee fan you know i mean mm. what makes you the expert on knowing what 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 a player needs to do to win the heisman i mean it <laughs> <laughs> is is true yeah eric Berry was robbed but that's on me as was peyton but we can talk about that later I I'm not saying it's what leads to him winning the Heisman. No, but, it, but that it, would be a a big help. It's it's what vaults
2: him. He would leave the week being the Heisman favorite. I would put it that way. I mean, see mm. what who is Ohio State playing? I don't think they they don't have a big game.
1: They don't have a big game. I don't. But know Stroud,
2: Stroud's really the only other guy standing standing in line. And and this is assuming Bryce Young doesn't play because Bryce Young's in that same conversation. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I mean that you you beat Alabama. You're gonna
0: you're gonna be the guy.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah. For, 350 or something against them, you're the favorite. But
0: yeah. and before we go, if you don't mind, I'll actually will be I'll actually talk a little seriously, but something that 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 I, I noticed yesterday, and it actually means a whole lot to me. But uh as you guys know, hockey is a sport that is predominantly dominated both on, on the ice and media and stuff like that by older white guys, you know. Uh and you there's a certain amount of privilege, but I was I was kind of going over things and thinking about it on my drive into Bridgestone yesterday. And I am incredibly proud with the Nashville media landscape when it comes to Nashville Predators, because since I started covering this team, it, 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 we've seen kind of an explosion and seeing in seeing women uh, in the media. You know, we've got you've got Lindsay Riley and Kara Hammer that are covering the team with Valley Sports on the broadcast, and they do a fantastic job. Uh, you know, a couple of a couple of ladies that uh, Sarah and uh, Emma, who are fairly new with the organization handling social media, which I think there was a, something that came out yesterday saying that. Uh, Pred social media team, the following has seen the second biggest growth in the last year, just behind the Colorado Avalanche, which they just won a cup. So pretty impressive for that. Uh, You know, Teresa Walker, which I'm sure you guys probably know her, um, the woman who I don't think has ever not been at some sporting event in Tennessee and writing an article or two within a night, within an hour. She's the nicest person alive and she's been there it's a joy to see her uh, i talked about abigail you know she's 21 she's on she's been doing some work with espn to cover mtsu hockey um former otf writer and kimmel's got her new site about the preds uh in the sports illustrated network i mean it's we've you know my site manager kate we've got several other people that have come in it's, it is a really good time because again diversity and things like that in hockey are, are, extru- are very very lacking and this being a small market team. To see this amount of diversity in the voices that cover this team is is something that I'm really proud of to be a part of, even though I'm just a, just a dude, you know, (laughs) it's, I I recognize that the barriers to entry to do things like this are, are much harder for, for, you know, if you're not a white man. And so really, really proud of the city and the media outlets and, and the team for. Really, letting you know these people who are very qualified to do this job do an excellent job and, and putting the spotlight on them. So, wanted to get a little serious, but it means a lot to me, and so I wanted to make sure that I shouted all those people out.
1: There you it's, go. Can, Good stuff. Can any of
2: them, uh, in in the future, be general managers of hockey teams? <laughs> Because the predators need one. We are. Uh can we, we get g- someone there?
0: We're getting very at- close. I think there's two NHL teams now that have assistant GMs that are that are women. Um, I actually got to a couple years back before the pandemic started, I got to talk to the very first female GM of a professional men's hockey team, Florence Schnelling of SC Burn, who she that's you know, who they were going to play two years ago. So yeah, it's it can it can happen, but I took up too much of your time. I apologize. <laughs>
1: No, you're good. This is good stuff, uh, Brian Bastin. We can find you on Twitter at Brian Bastin. Go check out ontheforecheck.com uh, today if you have not already done so. Bookmark it throughout the course of this season. All kinds of great coverage uh, of the Preds, um, and uh, we'll see what happens in the weeks to come. But it's good to talk all things hockey and actually games to talk about. It's more fun when they're actual <laughs> it's games, so good. And not theoretical lineups and theoretical ideas it's actual uh stuff that we can see on the ice charlie burris at a to z sports uh check out all of charlie's uh halftime post game uh it might be the all-time best uh post game uh a to z sports show with if tennessee Ronald wins
2: you're probably. gonna want to tune in i'll put it that way
1: <laughs> there you go brian charlie thank you as always and i'll talk to y'all next week see you next week